We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about Buzzsprout. I know that if you're a podcast junkie like I am, you probably have thought about starting your own podcast before. I know that can be a little daunting, but if you have the right help, it's not that hard. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. We've been using Buzzsprout since day one and could not recommend it enough. So if you're interested and you have that itch to start a podcast, make sure and follow the link in our show notes and Buzzsprout will be able to help you and guide you along the way. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. As always, I am your host, and with me today is Alex and Jason. We'll start with Alex. How are you doing today, Alex? Uh, good. Um, another selfish plug. Uh, Miles Garrett, I understand that you have just gotten paid. <laughs> but yeah so you can just go to patreon.com slash guilty search but uh no other than that it's uh no i'm doing pretty okay today alex is over here like hey if miles garrett can make this money <laughs> i can make this money okay yeah <laughs> like miles garrett if you want to donate one percent of your contract <laughs> to the podcast it's only one percent <laughs> oh my gosh, 1% would be huge. Though. Also, I'm not even gone yet, Steven. You're already introducing Alex second? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm not even out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you doing today, Jason? Well, it was good. <laughs> oh, man. You ruined it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I'll be better for, for the next one. It's too late. <laughs> oh, man. I'll make it up to you someday. Uh, anyway, so today we do have a fun episode, as always. 
Uh, we're going to kind of go around the league and just kind of give our general reactions to uh, basically what has been become extension day around the league. You know, the deadline for the franchise tag players to come to terms with their teams for long-term uh, agreements was today. We are recording this on Wednesday. Uh, and there were some big-time deals this weekend. And, and Alex already mentioned Miles Garrett who has two years deal two years left on his current deal and then has the five year up to 125 million dollar deal uh, of course Derek Henry signed his long-term deal as well uh, Jason was there a, a extension or contract that kind of stood out to you more so than the other ones that came to terms today okay just today I thought oh, I was gonna say Mahomes um I mean, the most important one to me is Hunter Henry not signing one. But okay. if we're if we're going towards those, I would say Miles Garrett hands down, just because Joey Bosa is going to be getting an extension pretty soon here, uh, and so that's a good start for Bosa. And you know how the NFL works; it doesn't matter if he deserves more money or not; he's going to ask for more money. Right. And that's that's now the the bar that Joey Bosa is going to try to go past. So that one for sure is the one I'm looking at. So were you uh, kind of questioning, either of you can answer this, but do either of you have any doubts about really if Miles Garrett is worth that and should the Browns have paid him that? Is he worth that? Is Miles Garrett worth that? Mm, I mean, he hasn't had any real issues outside of the obvious issue. Which is when uh, he attempted mur- attempted to murder Mason Rudolph. Apparently, he didn't attempt to murder. People get mad when you say that. <laughs> oh. uh, he attempted to manslaughter <laughs> Mason <we> Rudolph, <laughs> and um, so that makes you question some things because then some stuff came out that Miles Garrett had some anger issues or whatever, and so I, who knows if that's true? I mean, the media likes to make up bull crap and like make something worse than it is but like just that whole situation was a little bonkers but i used the right. word bonkers <laughs> i'm so happy has he bonked mason rudolph yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh alex is not impressed so yeah i i mean he's worth it as a football player he's got that one of the most insane skill sets he's got insane tools at his disposal um the consistency needs to be a bit better from him but the tools are limitless man yeah um i was actually reading a stat today that miles garrett had the uh second best pass uh pass rush win rate uh over the last two years joey bosa was number one in that category at 25 percent miles garrett was at 24 percent um so yeah miles garrett is is just um He's a bad man, and uh, I know you know people are going to get into what he does off the field. But if you're just talking about defensive end, you know to me it's the second most valuable position in football uh, after the quarterback. Um, yeah, so if you're paying a guy at that position who has that skill set, you know that that guy's going to get over twenty five, thirty million dollars, um, and that's I think the contract that we can kind of expect for. Bosa now. The other crazy thing about Miles Garrett is that he got a hundred million guaranteed, right? So that's that's yeah. um that's a big number, not just the hundred twenty five million. Because I mean, really, you know, he might get that hundred twenty five million, but you know, in football, it's all about that guaranteed money. And I don't think there's ever been a defensive player who's gotten 
um, something close to that. Maybe Aaron Donald. I, I, I don't even know if Aaron Donald got a hundred million guaranteed. That's, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, so yeah. Uh, but I think Miles Garrett is totally, uh, deserving as a football player. You know, people can debate the Mason Rudolph thing, but, um, yeah, as a football player, he totally deserves it. Yeah, that's an interesting debate because this obviously puts uh, Miles Garrett at the number one highest paid defensive player in terms of yearly salary. So, um, you know, that gives Chargers fans a window into kind of what should they should be looking out for in terms of Joey Bosa's contract, which we'll get into on this episode. Um, the other contract extension that I was kind of surprised about was Derrick Henry. Um, Alex is kind of the biggest Derrick Henry truther of the three of us, so I'll let him start this one off. I personally... Running backs don't matter, conversation over. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like Running backs, I, I'm not the biggest fan of giving them high-end contracts, specifically a second contract. He's and, making more than $6 million a year. So yeah. Absolutely. So his, his contract extension uh, would put him at the fifth highest paid running back, I believe. Uh, Which is actually pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah, his contract extension is fine. I'm just, me personally, I'm not really in favor of paying a running back of his style who there's no guarantee that he even finishes his contract. But Alex, you're a big believer in Derrick Henry, so I'll let you kind of, what is your take on the Derrick Henry extension? Um, I just think when you look at running backs like Derrick Henry, also CMC relative to the Panthers, right? Um, I think both of those guys... Um, you know, I know we want to do running backs don't matter. And I think that's the case most of the time. <laughs> and I know people are going to about, about yeah. to throw tomatoes at me because, <laughs> because uh, oh, running backs. Never no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I mean, Dalvin cook, if the Vikings lose him, that's a, that's a blow. Some teams build around their running backs a lot more than they should. And it makes them far too important. Um, a good example, Dallas Cowboys, Tennessee Titans, um, the other team we just mentioned, Minnesota. So, like teams like that, they they build her up. Um, also, like, we keep giving it to Alex and then interrupting him. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think the thing about the Cowboys. Well, if we talk about the Cowboys with Zeke, it's like I think Zeke. I mean, they, I know they paid him a lot of money, but I think you could replace Zeke easier than you could replace Henry. Like in terms okay. of uh, how they use him, and to the, uh, how they use both in the offense. I think it's easy. Elaborate. Um, I mean, just that like Henry's kind of more of that. I mean, we saw what Henry did in the playoffs. Like, I don't think Zeke really for his whole career has ever had a a stretch where it's like Henry was just um, carrying the team week after week. Like, and you know, I just don't think Zeke has had a stretch like that in his career where it's you know. So, um, also the other thing is like they kind of had a interesting situation there with Tannehill where it's like Tannehill was pretty um he I mean you know he's a good he's a decent quarterback but you know he was also relying on you know um Henry a lot like they if Henry doesn't have those performances they don't you know they don't make that to the AC championship game relying on <laughs> on sorry my east coast is showing <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all us all us west coasters are just like what the hell was that <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Derrick Henry and like CMC, uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, I think those guys you can 
afford to give them uh, a little bit more money just because I think they matter to the team. Also, other than... Well, actually, the Titans are paying people. Um, but, like, the Panthers, other than Teddy Bridgewater, like, they're and CMC, they're not paying anyone, really. So, like, I think they can kind of afford that contract. Um, right. So, I mean... And and Derrick Henry's contract, yeah, like Jason said, four years, fifty million, relative to what some other running backs are asking for, and relative to what Zeke got, that's really not that bad. Um, and it's also a shorter contract than Zeke's. Um, so I think in that respect, I don't know. I think uh, this contract is actually pretty good for the Titans. I agree with you, and I think to a certain extent, you know, you gotta pay the players that are key to your team, and that's what Derrick Henry is. Um, to put into perspective his contract, though, uh, Derrick Henry signed for less money than what Melvin Gordon was asking for last offseason. Um, so that's just kind of a, to give you kind of a, a window into how the running back position is working. Um, obviously, there were players who did not get long-term deals. You know, A.J. Green, Hunter Henry, Joe Thune, Yannick Ngakwe was probably the one that I thought maybe could get an extension and turn into a trade. Uh, that didn't happen. Shaq Barrett didn't get an extension. And then Justin Simmons and Anthony Harris. So there's going to be a lot of really good players playing on the franchise tag. But let's talk specifically about Hunter Henry. We've talked about him quite a bit. But uh, were either of you surprised that a long-term deal was not agreed upon before the deadline? No. Oh, Yeah. Oh no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I thought Jason was gonna go deeper there, but yeah, no, I uh, I wasn't surprised at all that they didn't reach a deal with Hunter Henry. Um, other... Was it spot on from what you were thinking, Alex? <laughs> yes, it was spot on. <laughs> um, hey, that's Boston. That's not that's not Philly. That's different. Um... <laughs> that say it, say it in Philly again, real quick. I already forgot. On. What's the difference? Wait, say it in Boston again. No, okay. So like, I say on, but Boston's like. They they say they say like they say like spot on. It's it's different. Okay, right? Sam, say, say spot on side by side. <laughs> Philadelphia to Boston right it's now. It's different. It, you know, Boston S- side by side. Boston is like you know, say hi to your mother for me. It's it's different. That's that's like the Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Not thing. say it in Philly. Say hi to your mother. Say for hi me to your mother for me. There we go. What? It's different. It's it's a. It, uh, I well okay. Sometimes I slip into like, you know, the the really like <laughs> the really deep Philly New York accent, and if you go like really the stereotypical one, then it'll sound a little bit like Boston. But yeah, so sometimes I like fall into saying Boston. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> I just need you to say on in Philadelphia and then in Boston side by side. Uh, on and on. There's a little difference there. It's a little okay. more exaggerated. There's a little, a little difference. Okay. I just sometimes fall into saying on. The first time it tripped me out because he's like, no, it's not on, it's on. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? Um, anyway, back to Hunter Henry. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the thing with Hunter Henry is just like he... Yeah, they weren't going to get a deal done. Um, I They maybe in like... Yeah, we talked about last episode, they might have had a deal in place pre-coronavirus, uh, right? So maybe if, you know, coronavirus hadn't happened and teams weren't thinking about the cap next year and all the ramifications, plus the Chargers, you know, have to pay Bosa, Keenan, all those guys. 
If that hadn't happened, then I think maybe Henry would have had a deal, but it became pretty evident once coronavirus came that uh, very few of these guys were getting a deal, and only only Chris Jones and Derrick Henry ended up getting a deal out of those franchise tag guys. Um, apparently, Jerry had some, like, last-minute... I Well, Dak is banned from the podcast discussion, but... Um, but, uh, Jerry, <laughs> no Dak Prescott on this podcast, <laughs> J- Jerry, oh Jerry had some last minute negotiation with Dak, but that didn't really go anywhere. Um, but yeah, right. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised that any of these franchise tag guys, um, particularly Henry, I, I'm, I wasn't surprised that he didn't really get one. Yeah. I, I just think like you mentioned the, the, how the coronavirus has impacted specifically the chargers is that it seems like they're kind of taking the weight and C approach in terms of next year's cap situation. Um, right now, Track has them projected at $86 million in cap space. Track. I'm sorry. Um, that would put them at the second highest in the league, but uh, the Chargers have not signed any of their rookies, and that doesn't account for next year's rookie class either. So... Uh, in an ideal in an ideal world, they're probably looking at around seventy million dollars in cap space next year. Granted, you know that doesn't account for uh, a potential cap decrease, which obviously that's all up in the air. So, uh, Tyler Shoon, our old host, put on the question. We did the Q and A last time. We're going to kind of expand upon that this time. Um, he said, "Put your preferred twenty twenty one roster together." To fit under the cap, show fans how Bosa, Allen, and maybe another key-ish player can be retained. Maybe have them draft mid-first to capital that space hit. And then another question specifically asked about which players are going to be free agents. And so we'll get into that question from Sylvester Jamies, who asked, who are the players going into the next season who are free agent and who do we think will be kept? So we'll answer this kind of in two questions. Um, let's start with Joey Bosa. Obviously, he's the big one. Spotrack has his market value right now. They have not updated the Miles Garrett contract, but right now they have his Joey Bosa's market value at five years and $107 million, which would be a $21.5 million average and obviously would be number two behind Miles Garrett. So uh, I kind of like that contract. What would you guys make of that market value right now, not taking into consideration the Miles Garrett contract? I'd be okay with a little more. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so would you pay him more than Miles Garrett is, is really what I'm asking. I would. I mean, like, at the end of the day, he's, what, top five edge rusher? I mean, at, even at the worst, top ten. And these guys, they just kind of, it's like a rotation and how much they get paid. It's who's up next, who's up next, who's up next. Okay, then they get paid the most. It's not based on – it doesn't reflect their play. It doesn't reflect their production. It's just right. who's up next. Are you important to the team? Check. Okay, then you're getting the money. And that's kind of how the NFL works. So, I mean, if if he gets more, I'm cool with it. And I would honestly prefer he gets paid more because – we cannot let Miles Garrett be the standard as the as the top paid defensive player in the league. I would like that to be a Charger, just because nobody talks about the Chargers. I would like a Chargers to be talked about, and Joey Bosa getting a top contract would be nice. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, let's just give Joey Bosa the Mahomes contract. Let's go ten years. Let's go ten years, five hundred million. Um, right. Yeah. 
10 years, 200 million. Yeah. And I'm down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, obviously I was kind of like, um, you know, I was kind of, I kind of have joke whenever I say that, but like, I don't think there's any value for Bosa per year that would really be too much. Like if you're talking in that, he's t- worth it. Right. Yeah. He's worth it. If you're talking in that 25 to $30 million range, like I'm honestly fine going to 30. Like if that's what it takes to keep him, like he's just such a dominant player he is that very clear top three to five um, edge rusher. Edge rushers are also very important. Um, we'll get to Melvin Ingram a little bit later when we talk about free agents uh, or impending free agents, but Melvin Ingram's also a little bit older. Um, so, you know, I don't know if the plan is to, you know, maybe move on from him at some point. But How much money is uh, Calais Campbell making? I don't know. Actually, that's top man. Steven, look it up. Steven. Alex, keep on talking. <laughs> yeah, Steven, look up how much Glaze can speak. I got you guys. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so I just think, I think there's no money that would be too much for Joey Bosa um, as I look at it now. I agree. I agree. No matter what, I feel like it should be a priority to sign him. Uh, just give him a blank check, man. And uh, you could say that about three players on this team, in my opinion, which is Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and Keenan Allen. Just give them blank checks, let them write their number, and because right now they're the they're the heart and soul of the team with no clear quarterback with and uh, those two being the captains of the defense at this point. Like that's the those are the three guys that are the identity of the new Los Angeles Chargers. So give them a blank check. And Steven, please, I'm rambling here. So Calais Campbell signed an extension with the Ravens upon being traded to them. Uh, it was a two-year, $25 million contract. Mm-hmm. Average, uh, average yearly, yearly average, excuse me, was 12.5. That's not that bad. Yeah. I'm okay with that. See, I'm okay with that contract, but Calais Campbell is older than Ingram by about four years, three years? So... Yeah, uh, Calais Campbell's 33. Okay. So, yeah, I could see Melvin Ingram signing that kind of deal. Then with the Chargers, that might be the baseline of what he asked for. But it just depends, man. Melvin Ingram, he's a very uh, outspoken dude. So it's just going to depend on... Uh, we'll find out on Twitter if they don't pay, pay him as much as he wants. <laughs> he'll, he'll let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, his new rap song will be called Give Me That Bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, let's talk about Keenan Allen next. Uh, obviously, his current deal which is a massive bargain, is four years for 45. Um, that puts him right at 11th in terms of highest paid receivers. Um, obviously, there's Julio Jones, who has is on his second contract. Amari Cooper, I feel like, is the baseline right now. He obviously signed a five-year 100 deal, and then Michael Thomas, and then A.J. Green and Tyreek Hill, and then Odell Beckham Jr. are after that. So... Are you giving Keenan Allen the Amari Cooper contract as well? Are you giving him five for 100? Or, or what kind of contract are you guys thinking would be fair for Keenan Allen? I know Jason is going to say blank check because he already said that. But, uh, Alex, what do you think is a fair contract for Keenan Allen? How old is Amari Cooper? 26. He's a little younger yeah, than Keenan because I think Keenan yeah. was 2013 and then Cooper was 2016 draft? 2015. 20, oh, 2015? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so I honestly, yeah, I, I kind of agree with what Jason's going to say with, um, a bit of a blank check situation. Um, this team, you know, barring like, you know, 
KJ Hill being the second coming of Jerry Rice, um, <laughs> you know, this team needs uh, Keenan Allen. Like, yeah. um, they, you know, they have Mike Williams, which is uh, great. Um, and, you know, I, I love that they drafted Joe Reed, uh, KJ Hill. But, you know, even if, you know, Joe Reed and KJ Hill develop, you still need Keenan Allen. He still needs uh, to be that number one uh, receiver. There's, yeah. you know, I, I honestly think Keenan Allen, you could argue, is a top five. He's definitely a top ten. Like, you know, in before Colin Cowherd takes issue with it because <laughs> because he's injury prone, even though right. Colin Cowherd never watches football. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with Jason. Uh, if Keenan Allen wants 20 mil, give him 20 mil. And um, I, I think that should be a relatively brief negotiation. I'll say four years, 88 million. I'll say like around that, like 22 million per year. Get him a little bit more than Amari Cooper, but don't be locked into like a five-year deal. And then Telesco usually has that three-year ripcord where it's like three years into the deal prior to that fourth year. He does like this uh, this ripcord where he can get out of the contract basically scot-free. Um, I, would, I would say something like that. I would be comfortable with way more. I would be comfortable with five for 110 or 115. Um, but speaking more realistically, I think about a four-year deal for 88 million is probably probable. Uh, probably probable. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, just because it's going to allow him to be 31 and get that last four or five-year deal, right? Um, because usually at 31 is the point where receivers like to get that last deal in before they start signing like one to two year deals. Right. Um, I think Julio Jones signed his at 29 30, right? Uh, I think it was 30. So maybe like a three or four year deal where it's like 66, 88 million, that kind of range there. So where he's getting paid about 22 million per year. So he's, uh, near the top right there. I think that would tie him with Julio Jones, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 22 and per year with time with Julio. So uh, something along those lines. Yeah, I personally think that with Keenan Allen, I think if you have a baseline point, I feel like 18 per year, I feel like is the minimum and the starting point for him. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Jason, he's the most important player on the offense right now. And with Phil Rivers gone, he's he's the most important player. And, you know, there I don't understand like this this logic behind Twitter where it's like, we have these great players and now because Joey Bosa is going to be signing an expensive deal, let's get rid of him. Or Keenan Allen is going to be signing an expensive deal. Let's get rid of him. To me, you got to keep your elite players around and you got to make sure that your core stays intact. You know, everybody brings up the Patriots and says, Oh, you have Tom Brady, you have Bill Belichick and you're good. Like you don't need these expensive players. That's a very unique circumstance. The Chargers Most... don't have Bill Belichick or Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, nine times out of ten, teams that win Super Bowls, they keep their core intact. The other one is the Patriots, who can just do whatever they want because Bill Belichick is the best football mind in the, in the history of the league. I'd also say, like, the thing with the Patriots is, like, they didn't necessarily always replace talent. Like... I mean, yeah. you know, they kept Gronk around. Uh, they they've kept guys around on like pretty decent sized deals, you know. So I I just don't think it's as simple as like, oh well, Bill Belichick tossed them. Sure, like if Bill Belichick had like a Jamie Collins, you know, he was fine shipping him to the Browns. But I don't think he was always comfortable with just like tossing a guy to toss him, right? Like there's reasons like you know, uh, 
you know, Julian Edelman or some of those guys have stuck around, like, uh, as as Patriots for a while. So it's like, you know, the Patriots will pay. Because Bill Belichick values route running and separation. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. But a lot of Chargers Twitter, not a lot, I'll give you, some of Chargers Twitter, KJ Hill is the new separator in town. <laughs> and right. that makes Keenan Allen obsolete. Yeah. That is not true. Yeah, that's uh, not true. Um, so yeah, the, the Patriots got Jacoby Myers. He's a route runner. Everybody, it's time to let Julian Edelman walk. Bye. That's the thing with the Patriots is that they have always kept their corn tech. You know, Dante Hightower has been around forever. The McCourty twins, Patrick Chung. I think Stephon Gilmore is going to probably retire a Patriot at this point. So the Patriots understand you keep your core intact and things work out. And so for me, you got to make sure you keep Joey Bosa and Keenan Allen around. So. Let's say Joey signs for 27 per year and Keenan Allen signs for 20. That would obviously be $47 million to the two of them combined. Cha-ching. Yes. Uh, so that would take, you know, you take the rookies from this year and next year, and then that 47, and that would leave the Chargers um, with around 35 to $40 million to sign everybody else. So let's go through the rest of the free agents. Obviously, obviously Melvin Ingram, who we talked about, Hunter Henry, Mike Pouncey, Desmond so, King. I'll start with Melvin Ingram here, and I'm going to opt to keep him. I'll say two years, $13 million a year. Um, it gives him, like, I, I can't see him signing for, like, four years. Maybe he does. But I'll, I'll say about two years, $26 million in total, just to get that Calais Campbell-type baseline there. I don't think he'll ask for more. He might. Melvin Ingram's very like confident in his ability, as he should be, but he is getting a little bit up there in age, and I think the Chargers are gonna are gonna use that and the fact that they have Uchenna and Wosu to try to bring him down, and who knows, maybe Ingram will take his play elsewhere. But that's about what I would offer him there. I could go like three years, thirty six with him, so maybe a little less average to have that third year, right? And maybe you right. bump up bump up the guarantees a little bit um yeah but i i I agree with jason i think you give him a more short-term two three year probably not four um deal so i I think that that would fit the chargers pretty well but yeah uh i think it's it's uh important to keep ingram um i think if they really wanted to they could move on from him but i i I just think that's hard to do when we've had Ingram and Bosa playing for so long together. Like, you know, and now they finally have, like, a decent interior tackle in Joseph. Like, why would you want to break that up now? It's like, you know, you, you yeah. know, not that Joseph is like Chris Jones or anything, but he he's a decent interior presence, and they've been waiting for that. So it's like, you know, just let him, let, you know, obviously no i you know i don't think um ingram is a blank check situation like bosa and keenan but i think that he is um respect uh, you know i think he's obviously a very respectable player still and i think you still dish out you know 12 13 uh form like jason said yeah i would agree with that as well and i think you know when you look at the whole free agent class for this chargers team you can really sit down and say, okay, I can see them keeping these players, and I think Melvin Ingram is in that situation. Um, Hunter Henry would be the next most important one, and then Mike Pouncey, and then Desmond King. So the, these of these three, um, I don't think they'll keep all three. You know, I, I, we've Pouncey, talked several I think times. Definitely gone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like with Scott Questenberry, I feel like they have that center in the future. 
maybe Dan Feeney would be that guy too. So I think Mike Pouncey uh, is probably gone. Desmond King is an interesting one. I'm okay personally letting him go, but they have to draft a corner in the early rounds next year for me to feel okay with it because the long-term plan at corner really concerns me with Chris Harris and Casey Hayward and then with Michael Davis and Brandon Faison. So I think you can stand to let King go if you take a corner early. Yep. Yep. Um, but in terms of a deal for Desmond King, you know, obviously he was a fifth-round pick, right? Uh, so his current rookie contract is is tiny. It was four years for $2.7 million. Um, let's say, I'll ask Jason this first, if Desmond King does come back and he bounces back to true to his former self, what kind of contract are you looking at giving Desmond King? That is tough. For reference, I did go and look um, at the highest paid corners. Um, the highest paid slot corner is Bradley Roby, who makes an average of ten million a year. And then Kendall Fuller is ten point, or excuse me, Bradley Roby is ten point five. Kendall Fuller is ten. Tavon Young for the Ravens eight point six, and then Chris Harris at eight point five. Those are the top five slot corners. I'm okay with giving him ten million a year. Easy. I I think that's a pretty easy take because assume Ingram signs that. What are you looking at? Like thirty million left after that point, or is it after Ingram? It would be around twenty five. Hmm. Okay, and then you still got free agency to think about as well. Then Pouncey's gone. You're still thinking about Henry. It's a choice between King or Henry. And I think after that, it's done. Yeah. Mm. After after these two, it gets you know relatively easy, which we'll get into. But I agree. I think you're going to end up choosing between Den, uh, Desmond King or Hunter Henry. I'd be okay with like $12 million per year with Desmond King. That would be my max that I would be able to pay him. Assuming $12 he, million a year. That's assuming he balls out. and, and Right, right. Assuming form. he bounces back to his prior form to where he was like the best nickel corner in the NFL, then absolutely I would pay him 12 a year. Alex, your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I'm. It's tough for me on Henry and King right now just because they did both have poor years last year. Like, I, I so, you know, this is kind of the prove-it year for both, uh, in my opinion. Right. So it's hard to be like, I don't know. I right now would I give King ten million a year? Nah. It's hard to say. Just, yeah, just because I don't know what King's role is going to be. They just signed Chris Harris, which doesn't inspire the most. You know that the coaching staff has the most confidence in King to bounce back. We'll see what it, again. This goes back to last episode. Like we don't know exactly what um, Desmond King's role is going to be. So from that standpoint, I just think it's hard to put. It, to me 10 mil on Desmond King I would honestly lean towards not re-signing him right now um just because they have Chris Harris they have Nassir Adderley um and they also have uh elite Rayshon Jenkins but uh, <laughs> uh I think oh, I think um I think basically they have enough pieces there to make it work without him I think that right. it, it really, it all depends on what his role is this year, and that's so unpredictable that it's hard to stick a value on it and be like, yeah, he's worth this much because we've never seen him outside the slot, really. Um, so that's going to be the big change, and then it's going to be, okay, 
well, if he is outside the slot, and, you know, let's, let's say, let's say he plays well at, you know, kind of that, maybe that dimebacker role we were talking about, is that as worth it as if he's playing slot or nickel, right? That's the question. So, and I don't know the answer to that, just because I don't know what that role really entails, and I don't honestly know if the Chargers know what it entails yet, either. So, I just don't know if I would be big on putting a number on King yet. Um, going to Henry really quick. Yeah, I, I wrote an article today saying right now that I, I wouldn't extend uh, Derrick Henry for over on Bolt Beat. Um, but yeah, I, we talked about this a lot episodes uh, last episode, so I wouldn't go too much into it. But, I, you know, I just don't think you can trust Henry right now with the health and also the poor blocking, right? So if you're going to pay him like a top-tier tight end, that's that's the real issue there. Um so yeah, I think the trio between Henry, Pouncey, and King, I would not re-sign any of them if I had to pick right now. Yeah. I just wouldn't. Mm. I would go find free agent options instead. I would go find some other guys and I would you know, sign some short-term rentals that will clear up by the time Herbert is asking for an extension or is looking to re-sign. Um, because you also have to look at paying Mike Williams pretty soon, along with Keenan Allen. You got to decide that right. the next year. Right. So I don't know if I would sign any of those three. Yeah. Yeah. So you bring up Mike Williams. Uh, he obviously had his fifth year option taken on. So he, he's good for this year. Free agent next year. He's probably um, going to be asking for an extension at some point, though. No, he's yeah. he's here for the next two years. He's here for this yes. year. Next year. Yeah, 20, excuse me. Right. Next year is his fourth year. Year after that would be the fifth year option. I'm sorry. So after that, it really it's a bunch of role guys, really. Um, Denzel Perriman, who I think all three of us can agree is probably done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, which would be an interesting one to potentially bring back as either the starter or Justin Herbert's backup. Five year deal. Five, Five year <laughs> deal. <laughs> Yo, okay. if Ty. If Tyrod plays really well, can we re uh, can we resign him to an extension and trade Herbert? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> hey, we'll trade Herbert to the Philadelphia the Philadelphia Eagles for when Wentz. Gets oh out. yeah, we're the quarterback factory now, so we have Jalen Hurts, have Jalen Hurts, have... and Justin Herbert. <laughs> and then oh the goodness. Eagles will have two Herberts. <laughs> oh. Um, I don't know. I yeah, Tyrod is interesting because. It really depends on what happens with him this year. If he really balls out, then there's going to be some team next year that takes him on, like, a 20-mil deal, like, for, like, one year. Like, if he really plays well, I think he'll probably outplay the Chargers. Um, There is a way where it's like, okay, if Herbert at some point usurps him, and then, right, does Tyrod want to come back as a backup next year, right? That, That all depends if there's not a starting role for him. Uh, on the table, so it really depends on how this year plays out. Um, my guess is that Tyrod will outplay the Chargers, and he's probably going to take like a one-year deal on some team that needs a rental kind of stopgap quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. His current deal was two for eleven million. Um, obviously, that has kind of worked out in the Chargers' favor because they had such a reliable backup for Rivers, and now they have a bridge quarterback. I'm all for bringing him back as Justin Herbert's backup, and I think Tyrod Taylor seems to like it in L.A., and, and um, eventually the Chargers need to get Herbert on the field, so I, I'm, I'm comfortable with Tyrod Taylor being the backup. 
The next one is Michael Davis, uh, who signed his uh, second round tender, which is one year deal. Uh, <laughs> $3.2 million. Uh, <laughs> um, we, Jason and I actually had a conversation on Twitter no today. Year about, uh, no year deal. No year deal. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. The team loves his physical attributes. The production just really hasn't been there. Um, the fact that there's a real debate if he was even better than Brandon Faison doesn't really make me feel comfortable about bringing him back. Again, I feel I personally feel like the Chargers should draft a corner early next year um, and kind of take over that corner two spot. And then once Casey Hayward is riding off to the sunset, can be the corner one. Um, do either of you want Michael Davis back after this season? No year deal. No year deal. <laughs> Boy, it sure would have. I'm actually fine with it, him coming back. It sure would have been fun if we had, uh, I don't know, like uh, maybe the first pick on day three to use on a corner, like say Bryce Hall or someone else who was available. Maybe we could have used it there. It's a freaking shame. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like good corners around here. We like running backs. Yes. We love running backs here in L.A. We'll take all the running backs. And it's even worse knowing they'll probably find an undrafted free agent running back to take over. And next thing you know, Joshua Kelly is Marion Geising this thing, Marion Greising this thing all the way down to Pittsburgh and then out of the league. I don't know, man. Ugh. Um, I like Mike. I, not that I like Michael Davis. I think he's underrated a little bit, but not good. He's like... <laughs> he's not as bad as people make him out to be. Yeah, I think he's meh. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, the big issue with him is just like, God, the pass interferences kill me every time when he does that right. like looking back motion. There is one thing about freaking corners that I cannot get past, and I will hate that corner, and I will hate watching him. And he will frustrate me every single time I watch him. It's when they can't get their head around and they can't find the ball. And when they do find the ball, they miss it with their freaking hands. Michael Davis needs to learn. <laughs> okay. Michael Davis has a problem where he cannot find the ball. And it's just like, <laughs> come on, man. It's, it's not that hard. Just That's mm, the thing. Is like he, the he, he is very athletically gifted. So it's like if he could just be a little bit, have a little higher football IQ, it's like you could get like an honestly like right. pretty decent corner it's like the justin herbert of corners <laughs> this is where the Chargers are trending right yeah. now um, raw talent raw talent raw talent no <laughs> brains no brains no brains it's a chanting episode <laughs> who are who are some of the other guys after michael davis do we want to take a shot on uh <laughs> brandon face on the guy i've been talking about forever and why i would actually be okay with desmond king going uh He's not up for contract so, or anything. So Faison has one more year. Faison will be an, uh, a free agent in 2021. So he could just take over. Why don't you rent a Faison? Come on. Yeah. Or why don't we don't need Michael Davis? I meant it's, we need Brandon Faison. Brandon Faison is going to take over as the new dope tackling corner that all the Chargers fans love. Yeah, I'm more than okay with drafting someone and letting Faison either be like a bridge corner, so to speak. Um, the next guys really on the list that are really actually important to the team are Dan Feeney, Rayshon Jenkins, and Forrest Lamp. Um, all oh my coming on rookie deals. Uh, Lamp, I feel like, honestly, 
I don't see him starting this year, and I don't really see him getting a second contract. Feeney is going to be coming back. I you know I just have this feeling that you know he's going to be kept around. He's going to be a Charger for as long as he wants to be. Um, that being said, in terms of a contract for Dan Feeney, I can't imagine it's that expensive. Maybe you know four or five, maybe seven million tops per year. Um, but I assume either both of you guys want to keep Dan Feeney around. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine to keep him around. Um, the interesting one is, uh, wait, who did we just mention with Dan Feeney? Forrest Lamp. Oh, Forrest, and... yeah. I was going to say Forrest Lamp is the interesting one, because if he does maybe make some cracks on the field this year, like if he can maybe crack that starting lineup finally um, on, on like a consistent basis and he doesn't get hurt, like that's a big if but it's kind of the same thing we talk about with Hunter Henry, where it's like, if some things go right, it's like, okay, I could see a future in which maybe they re-sign Forrest Lamp. I don't, um, you know, currently, obviously, I think Chargers fans have very good reason to be out on him, but it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of, um, if he, you know, he used some of that talent, and maybe Campen helps a little bit in that regard with the offensive line. So, it wouldn't shock me to see maybe Forrest Lamp plays better this year with Campen and all that, and uh, maybe they end up re-signing him. But yeah, I yeah I think Feeney's probably the likeliest guy to maybe sign like a short-term, fairly cheap deal out of that group. Who was the other guy yeah. you mentioned? It was Forrest Lamp, Feeney, and uh, who was the other one? Rayshon Jenkins was the last one I mentioned. Oh. He who shall not be named. <laughs> No, but I think Forrest Lamp, I think the team could do uh, a second, not a second round, um, like a draft round tender on him, maybe like a fourth or fifth round, and just see, like, maybe there's no market out there for him, or maybe there isn't, and maybe just do, like, a one-year deal. Um, Rayshon Jenkins is, like, essentially what happens in the Sorcerer's Stone. It's like Rayshon Jenkins there next to the mirror, and then he takes off his freaking, he lifts up his dreads, and there on the back of his head is Jalila Dye. <laughs> <laughs> That comparison, oh my gosh. Um, I like Rayshon Jenkins more than most people do. I don't love him. I think that he's shown enough flashes where I'd be okay with him. Uh, I really think that Rayshon Jenkins should be like the third safety slash dime backer role, which Adrian Phillips played. And I'm hoping that that shift happens and then Nasir Adderley kind of takes over the free safety role, but that's probably uh, wishful thinking. The next one is one of uh, Jason's favorite Chargers, which is Justin Jackson. Um, he his rookie deal is obviously up. That'll Five be... year deal. <laughs> Five year... Which we we've talked at length about. You know, Justin Jackson kind of saved the Chargers early on in the season last year on a few occasions. I think that Justin Jackson should be brought back. Uh, he was a seventh round draft pick, and so I can't imagine it would cost a whole lot to keep him around either. Nah, not at all. I don't know. Especially I, after just drafting Joshua Kelly. and I don't know. I could we'll see. see if Justin Jackson really played well this year in like a second, um, as like the second running back, I could see a team maybe giving him like a starting running back deal. Like obviously not like big running back money, but like I don't think it's impossible that a team would give him like a $4 million deal, something like that. Like I don't think it would be crazy to give him something like that. They might have the plan of splitting Eckler and Jackson at six million per. 
instead of paying Gordon the 15 mil a year he wants, pay both of those guys 12 mil a year. Maybe. I don't know. That's just a thought. I would love to keep Jackson. I just wouldn't be surprised if other teams had interest and because the Chargers already paid for uh, for Ak- I mean, Ackler. I think he could be a starting running back. Yeah. But... And he might think so as well. Yeah. So It, it all depends on know, how we'll this see. year plays out. If, if he were to get hurt again or like um, something like, you know, maybe Kelly outplays him, then obviously I think that might bring his value down. Impossible. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think if that happens, then it's like, then his value would be brought down. But I could also see a situation where like, I don't know, any team that like really needs a running back, but doesn't want to really pay that like top dollar for some of the free agents next year goes, Hey, let's, you know, let's try to get Justin Jackson and see what he can do. Until Justin Jackson stiff arms, like freaking Darren Lee on the Chiefs, <laughs> oh. for a touchdown on the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Darren Lee and, uh, was the guy that you first thought yeah. of. <laughs> the Chiefs do not have good linebackers, okay? <laughs> no, they don't. Um, so let's move on to the next ones, which are Michael Badgley and Ty Long. Both are free agents. Um Michael Badgley is is interesting. You know, he's he's had some very good moments as a Charger. Obviously, he's kind of struggled with health as well. Um, you know, just kind of looking at the kicker contracts, you know, you have Harrison Butker around four, Will Lutz around four, Jason Myers at 3.8, Jake Elliott at 3.8, Josh Lambeau at 3.7. Who Are I think... we really going to do kicker contracts? <laughs> Someone asked about it, man. I'm just, I'm just answering the question. So I think... Realistically, you could probably get the two of them for a combined like four million. Maybe I think that's a big step up for both of them. You know, both are making around five hundred thousand dollars right now. So I think if you sign both of them to a combined four million, I think that's probably what we'll see happen. Good idea, Stephen. That wraps up the special teams portion of this contract <laughs> podcast. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh God, here we go. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say with kickers because, like, it's so... I think Mike Badgley is going to be awesome, but, like, would it surprise me if Michael Badgley, like, I don't know, had, like, two bad games in a row and, like, got cut? Like, that's what happens to kickers all the time, like, around the league. So, like, it's hard to really... And then he goes to, like, Tampa Bay (laughs) and goes off. Yeah. And becomes, like, the highest-graded kicker in the NFL. (laughs) Like another former Chargers kicker also in Florida. Um, yeah. yeah, that's why I picked Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. It's hard to project with those guys. Also, like, yeah, so I think it would be Ty Long and Michael Badgley for the future, but that ch- stuff changes so fast. Uh, so, you know, I think we also got to take into account that if Michael Ma- that if Michael Badgley misses some kicks, um, Ty Long's going to get cut because he's the holder and <laughs> that was obviously what was wrong That's with always Sturgis <laughs> because Sturgis was great after cutting Kayser. <laughs> so Never bad. mind that Kayser could down the ball at the one yard line. And then Donnie Jones was a disaster. He could barely kick it like 40 yards. When he kicked that like 16 yard punt, I almost lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was not fun. Yeah. I was like this is not possible. Yeah, let's let's move on from the depressing uh, special teams history of the Chargers. I tried to tell you. <laughs> hey man, I was just answering the questions. So the last ones on here, um, they're not super important to the team. Um, there's Isaac Rochelle, Sam Tevy, Andre Patton, and Nick Vigil are the last of the four. 
Nick Vigil is the only one out of those guys that I could truly see staying. Andre Patton may be in like a Jeremy Davis role, but um, Nick Vigil as both a substitute at will along with being a special teamer and just having that experience for the young linebacking core that the Chargers have. I feel like you're probably letting Denzel Perryman go, so Vigil is, might be a must. Yeah, and they could get him for super cheap. I mean, he, he signed a $2.4 million contract this year. So right. I have to imagine they'd be able to get him on a similar deal. Um, I hate to ask the question, but like, what are we making of Sam Tevy? Because Tom Telesco thinks he has left tackle feet, and you know he's been thrown around as potentially a, a starting option over there. But I mean, we all think that it's Trey Pipkin's job, right? Just, just... Just give give Tevi an unplugged controller and tell him he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think San Tevi could um, start the season. That wouldn't surprise me, just because we have no, no idea. Alex, we have no idea what training camp you, is going to be. You young one, <laughs> you young, inexperienced, <laughs> yeah, innocent young Padawan. We have no idea what training camp is going to be. So I mean. I would love Pipkins to start, um, and I think that's the direction it'll eventually go during the season. Um, the worst part is he's probably right. Yeah. And Tevi's going to start, and we're all going to hate everything. Yeah. And then they're going to like cut both Tevi and Pipkins. It's going to be the worst. Well, I mean, this goes back to something else that happened this week with um, the Eagles signing Peters, and then people, you know, I saw Chargers fans being like, you know, we... We should have signed Peters, but I honestly don't think Peters ever had any intention of leaving. Um, right. And I also think that it kind of went against Telesco's way of thinking if they were to sign like a really old guy over like Pipkins, because um, I think he still does believe in him. So, um, you know, Telesco will believe in him until he doesn't know uh, anymore. But I, I, uh, I do believe in Pipkins though. I think he he showed flashes towards the end of last year. Um, when I get done with basic training. In six months from now, and I see that Trey Pipkins is a pro ball, a pro bowl player. <laughs> I am going to be all over Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to be posting office gifts everywhere, <laughs> and I'm going to be just in people's faces and be like, "I told you so! I told you so!" I'm going to be going through all of 2019 to all the people that told me I was crazy for saying Trey Pipkins sucked, uh, or for me saying he's good, and then them saying they that he sucked. I'm going to be all over Twitter. I just just can't wait. I can't wait to be back and then just be able to be in people's faces. And I can't wait for that five-year Tyrod Taylor contract. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Please. Yeah, I, I, getting back to Trey Pipkins, I think he played really well in his two starts. Again, he the did. Game, the game he in Oakland really. where he came in for Russell Okung uh, was not pretty. But then again, you know, he didn't have that preparation. And that's... That's so important for a young player to be able to have the reps throughout the week and, and be able to be comfortable in their role, um, especially a guy like Trey Pipkins, who was a small school guy. And I think his physical attributes are enough where I feel like the Chargers will be able to develop him. And, and James Campen, I think, is also that video that the Chargers put up of James Campen was hilarious. <laughs> yes. Did you guys see that one? Yeah. Where he was no. flexing he was flexing his traps and he was talking to some like wrestler or whatever. Yeah, he, it's an old like WWE promo from the nineties that apparently James Campen did with the WWE. Uh, so funny. That's freaking hilarious. Yeah. Um Yeah. 
So that'll do it for our free agency wrap up. And then we're going to answer two questions from our Patreon page. Uh, the first was from Dante Jackson. He says, let's say the 2020 season is canceled and everything goes back to normal by the beginning of next year. There are full OTAs, mini camps, and training camps. Uh, would that be the start of the Justin Herbert era? So, Dante, I hope your career with the Panthers is going well. Um, <laughs> I don't put that evil in the world right now. I don't yeah. want to think about it. Uh, there's two things I don't want to think about. I don't want to think about not having a football season. Actually, I don't care. I'm not going to be able to watch it. So, ha! Um, if you don't get a football season, too bad. I wasn't going to be able to watch it anyway. So, <laughs> that's that's cool. What would suck about it is all the players would be one year older. And I feel like all the players on pace to like get some records, like franchise records or career records or anything, they'd be kind of screwed there. It would be really good for running backs, though, get some fresh legs. But in terms of that question... Um, he would kind of have to be because you wouldn't have been able to see Tyrod at all. So do you resign him? I mean, I imagine you can resign him for about the same amount of money, but then would contracts even count if they canceled the season? I mean, they would have to because otherwise they're just not paying the players. Would they pay the players? I don't know. That's weird. I think the the contracts would hold. I asked one of my friends who's really into baseball this kind of same question. Um, and really because the players sign contracts and they're in a union, the contracts will, will hold. And so all these guys who are free agents, they would be free agents after this, uh, even though the year's canceled, like the contracts are fulfilled. So, you know, I agree with you. That would put Justin Herbert in his second year of his contract. And really, you know, that doesn't give the Chargers a whole lot of wiggle room in terms of his contract. If he's not starting in year two, like, I think you probably have to see what you have in Justin Herbert next year. Alex, any thoughts on that question? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think if it's by year two, then Herbert probably has to start. Also, there's going to be media pressure on, like, why isn't Herbert starting? Um, you know, and I'm sure that'll happen even if, you know, as soon as Tyrod throws, like, one interception, it'll be like, you know, put Herbert in. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, it's hard to say, but I, I think you would have to see some kind of development if there's a full OTAs and everything. So, yeah, they they probably put Herbert in in year two, regardless of whether there's a season or not. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm agree. I agree with you. And I I genuinely think that the NFL season will start. I don't know if it will finish, but I do think it'll start. I wouldn't be surprised. Someone brought up an idea where the. Uh, they either delay the NFL season or they cut. Uh, they might cut a couple games. Neither would surprise yeah. me. Yeah, maybe start the season like in October or something. We'll wrap this up with our last question from Devin Oriema, who uh, asked which undrafted free agents, if any, have the best shot to make the team and why. I'm going to exclude Bobby Holly from this. Because How I think, dare you? Well, just because you know, we've kind of already talked about this, and I think Bobby Holly is easily the safest bet of the undrafted free agents to make it. So if we take out Bobby Holly, which undrafted free agents have the best shot to make the team? I'd go uh, Joe, uh, Joe Gaziano from uh, Northwestern. I think he would yeah. have a decent shot because then you would just have who the defensive ends would be Bosa, Ingram, Rochelle... You could have Nuosu as like that kind of hybrid 
And then, um, yeah, then fifth could be Gaziano, right? So he might be an interesting depth piece to kind of stash. Um, yeah, I think he's kind of the best chance to make the team. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. I don't remember all the others off the top of my head, so you guys keep going, and I'll look it up. Uh, I'm going to go with either John Brannon out of West Carolina. He's a corner out of West Carolina. Or Kevin McGill, corner out of Eastern Michigan. I I just remember being thoroughly impressed when I did some film study on them. And obviously their level of competition was a lot lower than their skill level. They were far better than their peers. But I was just really impressed with the athleticism and the technique I saw. And um, I just I feel like corner young youth at corner is a big need right now. And they did not draft any corners. So I'm going to bank on one of those guys making the roster as a sixth corner behind um, Faison and, and Mike Davis and King. There's, It's just I would like a sixth corner there to develop, even as like a practice squad guy while what's-his-face, the guy, Roger Teamer, is suspended. Um a guy that's versatile and can move between there. So we'll we'll see. I think it's going to be one of the secondary guys between like Romeo Finley and uh, John Brannon and Kevin McGill. Yeah, I was going to mention uh, Romeo Finley, like uh, Jason was talking about last episode. Now that Rod Teamer is suspended, um, it wouldn't shock me if Romeo Finley kind of has like a little bit of a door kind of cracked open for him. Um, right. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me. Uh, yeah, I think it's mostly the defensive guys, though. I I don't think there's a lot of offensive undrafted free agents that have a big chance to make the roster. Sorry, can you say offensive again? I don't think there's a lot of offensive uh, guys <laughs> that have a big chance to make the roster. I love it. Love hey, it. Uh, do you see the Gwalden Gate Bridge behind oh me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, though. The offensive guys, I'm, I'm not in in love with the running back from Tulane um Darius Bradwell I wouldn't be shocked if he made it because I think you know they're they're you can never have enough running backs that are can be true impact guys and they potentially are thinking of him as maybe a running back slash fullback hybrid so I think that would be another one and then Lemonier from Liberty I think is is I like Lemonier better than I like Gaziano I just think that Gaziano would be a better fit for what the team needs because Lemonier... And like a backup for Bosa. Yeah. Lemonier is more of a backup for Ingram, and Rumosu already fits that role right now. Yeah. So you got a point there. So, yeah. uh, Any other thoughts, guys, before we wrap up today's episode? Nope. I think that that just about ends it. Um it, I was really, I really enjoyed being on the the podcast with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope everyone listening enjoyed our little lesson on linguistics for the day. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure and leave us uh, some ratings and reviews, and hit that subscribe button. Uh, we're going to be launching or uh, tweeting out the next giveaway on our Patreon account, so stay tuned for that. Make sure and follow us on social media. And uh, that'll do for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.